What's going on? Welcome to the Mike Janela Show. It's Mike here, and it's that time of year, guys. Summer is long gone. It's getting cold. It's getting rainy. Winter's on the way. Fall's on the way. But don't be sad, because that means a lot of cool stuff is coming. The holidays are right around the corner. But uh, for sports fans right now, football's going. Uh, we're seeing hockey preseason games. But for me, one of my favorite sports uh, to watch, to follow, and the league that I love the most, the NBA, is coming back. We had media day this past week or last week. By the time you listen to this, we've got uh, training camps are going, preseason games are starting. And so I'm really excited for this week's guest on the show. We have the head strength and conditioning coach for the Orlando Magic, as well as the president of the National Basketball Strength and Conditioning Association, longtime friend of mine, and someone who's helped me with some of my workouts before, but he's doing it for a lot more impressive physiques professionally, Bill Burgos. Bill, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? It's a pleasure to, to be on your show, Mike. It's been a while since we last spoke, but uh, I'm glad and honored to be on your show. Um, and thanks for taking the time. It's uh, anytime somebody, you know, you work for an NBA team, and I know the schedule's got to be insane, and I wanted to grab you now before the regular season gets really underway, because I know how crazy the travel and the commitments get, so... Thanks for taking a few minutes. Uh, we're basically, I want to talk to you about a whole bunch of stuff, Bill. Uh, kind of your journey okay. to where you are, or what it's like, mm -hmm. uh, NBA life, some of the other, uh, just your general kind of knowledge and uh, and tips for just fitness and conditioning in general. But yeah, let's start with let's start with your journey here, because you're a guy who not only uh, you know you haven't been a basketball lifer in terms of working in the NBA mm -hmm. or anything. You've been a mm -hmm. military man. You've worked in pro mm -hmm. baseball. You've been around the world. Uh, three, four times over. Uh, so tell us how you got to working down in Orlando. How'd you get there? It's funny. Um, basically, uh, of course, you know, I did 13 years in the military. I was in the Army and Air Force and um, always had a passion uh, to find, you know, some way to get into pro sports and, um, you know, whether it's athletic training or strength conditioning. At any rate, um, you know, in school, um, you know, I volunteered as an athletic student trainer and then I also volunteered as a strength coach and then, um, you know, trying to basically gain experience. And, and then what happened at, um, when I became an adjunct professor um, at Austin Peay State University, one of my professors had did a, a show or some type of video with some MLB um, strength coaches. And he just came into the office and said, hey, Bill, I think uh, this is something you, you, you probably fit into and you should try it out. So I actually applied and ended up um, – I'm making it sound easy, but I ended up <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do this I tomorrow. That sounds real simple. <laughs> I ended up getting a, a a job with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you know, started w working with the Hickory Crawdads, and then I ended up uh, sending an email. Took several emails, but finally, I got in touch with the uh, former strength coach with the Orlando Magic, who is now the NBA um, Players Association medical director. His name is Joe Rogowski. I ended up working with him. Uh, we created a great relationship. I ended up getting interviews and. With, I ended up with the Knicks for a few years and finally ended up back to uh, my hometown here in Orlando. I've been here for uh, the past three seasons. Now, what, obviously, like you said before, <laughs> you made it sound real easy. That was a nice little 30-second yeah. <laughs> summation of a, you know, a life of yours that's been all over the place. Um, and I really encourage people, if you if you Google Bill, and the way you spell his last name is B-U-R-G-O-S, you'll see amazing profiles and stories of this guy, the time he spent uh, enrolled in the in the military and the sacrifices he made for the country and the time as well. So uh, thanks for that, Bill, too. Um, but talk to me. You know, what's the difference between, because there's a lot of guys like you that went through the same educational path, maybe knew the same professors, the same people, but didn't 
really take advantage of it. So what what elevates you above the guy that maybe is a personal trainer at a local gym but can't get to the level of working with pro athletes or you know the guy that uh, is doing the same thing you're doing at a young age but can't uh, convey that, can't turn that into what you ended up turning it into? What, would, what do you think is the magic key that got you where you are? I think, um, I think there's several things, but the one thing that stands out is that actually passion and um and being and being committed to what you you know what you want to do and and actually going above and beyond um i think what helped me out was one is because i came from a different background so like uh you know i had a different career i was in the military for quite some time been overseas iraq and afghanistan and um so i was coming into a position where i was you know a little older and um some of the some of my colleagues were a little bit younger than me so so that I had to work for. So I had to, one is understand my role. And plus I had to, even though I went to college, I thought I knew everything, but I actually really didn't know everything because once you're in school, they teach you the fundamentals of what it takes to be a, some type of um, health practitioner, whether it's a strength coach or athletic trainer. But the, uh, I think the, the, the issue becomes is, is actually applying those skills when it comes to a certain setting. And what I've learned is like in basketball and baseball, two different cultures and being able to apply those skills is a very unique thing. And um, so, you know, when I came into to basketball, I was able to um, know my role and actually, um, um, you know, and learn from the best. These guys, I said to myself, these guys are the best. And what helped out was actually being passionate for what I was doing because I wanted to really uh, make a mark in this industry and I wanted to really be well-respected and known for what I do. And and I think passion is what helped 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 drive me to uh, to succeed in those areas. And I think um, I think these young guys that they come in, you know, some people um, I think they they tend to focus on the financial aspect of it because uh, I mean it's, it's, there is good money to be made, but I've seen people come and go just based off those those values. And I think I've seen people stay for a long time based off their passion. And I think um, uh, I think if you really um, can can express those um, those those type of um, commitments and feelings. I think it could really um, set you know make yourself a, a, a big mark in this industry. It's passion. I think you you're saying for the job and for the profession as well. But also you love you love hoops. I know that you've been a long <laughs> a long time basketball fan. Is that tough working for an NBA team where you have your job? Obviously, is to help these guys become optimal performers, take most advantage of their bodies, but. Is it tough for you? Do you follow the wins and losses? Do you get invested with how the team does on the court? Or is it easy to separate the passion for your job? Like, all right, I've prepared these guys as well as I can. Is it easy to separate that from the passion of, man, I'm with these guys, you know, eight months out of the year. I want them to, to win and get, get a title, get a division title, you know, anything like that. Uh, you know, I think what helps me out is professionalism. I am a big fan of the team. I've always been a fan. The interesting part is, you know, I was a fan from day one, and uh, I remember coming to the games as a, um, as a Magic fan and telling my, my friends, and hey, I'll be down there one day. And so now I'm here. I'm part of um, uh, um, a part of the team to help drive the success. And I think that um, you know, with with you know being behind the scenes and being so passionate for what I do, I'm, I'm able to separate from that. Now, no, get me wrong. I could be on the court and be like, "Dag, I can't believe we just missed that shot." But at the end of the day, I know we got to focus on the next day. And uh, I think um, I think professional, professionalism helps, you know, distinguish between the two. But, yeah, I'm a big fan of the team and um, always have been ever before I've been, been a part of the team. And it's just interesting to see, you know, from where I've been and where I'm at now. 
So let's talk about the actual the nuts and the bolts of it. We'll talk about the season itself in a little bit, but now because it's that time of year, what's the offseason like? You got rookies coming in. When do you meet like a, a Mario Zonia to talk about his offseason plan? Or what do you do with an Aaron Gordon or a Nikola Vucevic? You know, what's are they talking to you all summer? Are you checking in with them? Are you working out with them in person? What's it like for you and these players trying to keep the the body right between June and October? You know, that's an interesting question because I used to think that, you know, when it was the off season, it was the off season. In reality, that's the most, it's the most, you know, most important part of the year. Um, and it's the most work that I do, you know, in terms of strength conditioning. So um, just to give you an idea. So like, so basically, you know, you have the combine that comes up. So, you know, we prepare for the combine. Uh, we have, um, you know, we set up the stations and everything. And I get to meet the guys. You know, they don't really know if I'm going to be their strength coach strength coach or not but i'm actually just you know basically observing um the the pre-jab participants you know as they come in you know kind of get to know who i'm going to be you know dealing with in terms of you know the following season once the season you know once one i'm sorry once we pick up or draft whoever we sign um we uh then i meet them the very next day and once i meet them i, I basically introduce myself um tell them exactly what to expect this um, coming summer in terms of the strength program was the most important thing. And most of these guys also have commitments. You know, the international players usually have commitments with their national team. And some of the young guys um, who, who live in the United States, usually, you know, they, they had a long year because of college and things of that nature. And usually we want, we want to give them a little break because they got to prepare themselves for summer league. So uh, in the meantime, I do travel. So I go to Montenegro. I go to, you know, wherever these guys are at in order to make sure that they're following the program that's prescribed. And um, so it's, it's a challenge because, you know, every year is different. So, like, it would be ideal to have a routine um, in place. But the, uh, the the idea is is to have a protocol in place, knowing what to do with the guy regardless of, you know, where they're at. And if we could follow those principles, it makes it much easier. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. You know, you get a guy not knowing exactly – you know who it is, and then once you get them, then you got to start making adjustments. But the idea is, is to exactly test the individual as soon as they get here, figure out what what are their needs, their dysfunctions are, identify them at an early stage, and then create a program. And then you just got to make sure that they're following it because consistency is key. You would hate for them to come here um, not in shape, and then you're trying to play catch up when it's time for them to already be prepared for the season. Now, tell me if this is, because we hear this as fans every season, that it's, uh, you know, some guy, and it's always somebody new every year, he comes back in the best shape of his life, he got 20 pounds of muscle added on, uh, he cut out this from his diet, he's been working really hard. How much of that is is BS, and how much of that are some of these guys, they are legit coming back in kind of the, you know, the best shape of their life? Is it that easy in just the course of one summer to totally change yourself like that? Well, you know what? Um, that's a good question because um, most of it is actually true. Guys are coming back. They probably feel like they're in the best shape of their life. But that doesn't mean they're in basketball shape. And what I mean by that, you know, we have a lot of, there's a lot of fads, a lot of diets, juicing, low carbs, and stuff like that. A guy could do those things during the off-season. The demands are a little bit different because they're not playing, they're, you know, they're not traveling as much. And um, so they tend to, like, you know, look good. But they're actually, performance-wise, you know, they really, you know, can't, uh, perform as well because it's, you know, they probably either a have no carbs because, you know, you get, you know, you got to make sure you have enough carbs, enough energy to support your, um, the activity that you're trying to, um, commit. I mean, um, um, 
to implement. And then the other thing is, is that you also have to make sure that um, you have the strength necessary. So just because the guy comes in, I think sometimes that all that stuff is aesthetics. You know, they, they come in, they look good. It's that mirror but, body, not the car, not the court yeah, body. Yeah. So they, they, you know, and I think when when they get here, us talking to them, testing them, and identifying those things early, kind of you know puts them in puts them into their place and and see things in a different light. When they, when reality, you know, is is they should be training specifically for their activity, not for how they look. And I think that's one of my biggest challenges. You know, they they want to look a certain way, so you know they work with certain trainers and. And, and they they get them to the you know to look good, but then you know they can't perform well once they get to uh, to their NBA um, assignment. Yeah, because that's I think the the weirdest thing too is obviously someone like me. I'm not a pro athlete. I go to the gym. It's just really to look good. And I know it's functional strength is important too. But for these guys, that's how they make their living. How mm-hmm. do you how do you tailor a workout? How do you change it so that because it's not just you know get your bench press PR or squat more and more. You've got to have these guys functional and it's a lot of flexibility training and things like that too, I'm sure. So how does the, how does the workout differ for some of these NBA guys as opposed to what you think maybe a, a fan may think a quote unquote workout is? Well, the difference with the, uh, with an athlete, for example, is more about power, speed and power. So the, the recovery periods are very important uh, I give an example, like um, like I say, a group fitness class. You know, they they actually just move, and it you know they got short rest periods, and and it's more like endurance based. There's really no like um, science behind it. They're just working. Whereas uh, with an athlete, there has to be science behind it for the fact that you really want to make them optimal for who they are, and and to make sure that they're able to perform well on the court. So there, there's there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of um, um, you know, making sure that they got the appropriate rest period, making sure they get nutrient timing, things of that nature. Now, of course, you know, the regular Joe could, you know, could benefit from it as well. But, I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, you know, the, you know, that's not their moneymaker. <laughs> the money, right. for these guys, this is their moneymaker. So they got to be very optimal. So it's important that they have longer rest periods for, for quality movement when it comes to power output. It's important that, if, all right, if we're going to focus on hypertrophy, you know, increasing muscle size, Maybe we just have to decrease the uh, rest period. Whereas, I mean, the, you know, the regular person who just goes into the gym and works out, you know, they those are not their goals. And, and you know, unless they're competing for something, whether it's a triathlon, a marathon, you know, they have a strict uh, training regimen. But if you're just trying to get in shape and just as long as you work and do some type of activity, your body would adapt and, and you start to develop muscles and so on. How hard is it? Because you, when you're with an NBA team, you have guys ranging – body-wise all over the place from like a Vucevic mm-hmm. who's a seven-foot monster to um, like for you like an Alfred Payton who's this skinny kind of wiry <laughs> guy how are you mm-hmm. how are you making workouts that are, are different enough for them that it fits their bodies and their work ethics but also is going after the same goal that you're trying to get them all to maximize themselves in the court well it all it all boils down to their screening so they, they do these basically functional movement screens per se, and we identify any weaknesses and we focus on those weaknesses for that individual. But, I mean, one guy could have, you know, I know some poor hips or another guy could have no glute activation. So we focus on those things. Now it's position based. And so like, uh, you know, some guards, they tend to, you know, move around screens. And so I got to make sure that, you know, we do this. I have an exercise called a cable push press where, they push out with the cable, you know, you, you walk out with the cable and they basically push it out. 
with both hands and you hold it in front of you in an athletic position. And then you could try to narrow the stance and then um, as you push your arms out, this basically really activates your core. The idea is, is when you move around a screen, you're going to get bumped. And you want to be able to lock in um, once you get hit so you're not really being pushed around. You let your core take that, uh, um, take that, uh, that, that contact so that way you can minimize any, um, any extra work that you have to do to make you more efficient. Whereas a big, you know, you know, I'm looking at, you know, maybe some close grip, um, pull downs, um, you know, every, every guy differs is, is different because of the fact that they, they all have different needs. And I think I try to base around those things and then I watch the game and then I try to like mimic their movement as we, uh, perform in the weight room. Do guys like working out or do you feel that most of them would rather just spend more time working on their handle or shooting? Uh, or do you, or do you think they actually enjoy being in the gym, doing drills with you, stuff like that? I think, uh, you know, at times I do have guys that, that you know, that do not want to work out, but, um, but after a while, you know, once they start seeing the benefits and, you know, they see sometimes how they look, they tend to be in the weight room more often. And I think, um, there's a lot of education involved. Uh, once they're educated and they can see how it benefits them, and now they, they're able to, you know, have better opportunities because of, um, resistance training and conditioning, they tend to do it more, uh, just for those reasons. You do nutrition too, right? You work on these guys with meal plans and stuff like that, or is that not really part of your of your remit? Well, I oversee the nutrition. So we have a, a, a nutritionist named Tara. We actually have two, Tara and Christina. And they actually, um, they're the experts. I let them do the planning and everything, and I just basically oversee it. I just make sure that, you know, we have everything that they need and ask for. And, um, you know, the nutrient timing, I do a lot of the supplements and stuff like that, but um, uh, I just make sure that they got everything they need, you know, food shopping, um, you know, they pick the right chef, the chef needs to need, you know, cause you know, it has to taste good too. I mean, we could have the healthiest food in the world, but if it don't right. taste good, nobody tastes like crap. It. It's staying on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got, we, we try to make sure that we have the, uh, the right chefs in place and they're able to coordinate with our nutritionists. So that way they could create a meal plan. A lot of guys tend to skip meals. You know, they're too tired or whatever. So we try to educate them as much as you can, making sure that they get the right foods in. And so now we focus on, like, fad diets. If you want to lose weight, you know, let's lose it the right way. Because as an athlete, you know, the demands are higher. So you got to make sure you're fueled properly for that, um, whether it's competition or practice. There's got to be some things, some roadblocks you run into, especially with the younger guys. And I'm sure some of them come in and they love – uh, candy, or they don't sleep, they're on their <laughs> Xbox all night, uh, they like to go out drinking, they have a fast food thing. What are some of the stuff, what are some of the things you got to work with, maybe these, you know, 19 to 21, 22-year-old guys? Because I know when I was that age, I didn't care about eating, right? It was, you know, a whole medium pepperoni pizza is fine with me. Um, what? How do you get it through their head that, you know, you got to put that kind of stuff aside because you have a much more important thing to do? I think that's what makes our nutritionists, both of our nutritionists, great because they're able to educate them and kind of share with them, you know, um, the difference between eating healthy and not eating healthy and how it could, you know, um, work with them in the long in the long run. Um, the other thing is, you know, of course, I do body fat testing and things like that, and I kind of share with them. You know, I, you know, I've been in the league for quite some time, so I'm able to share my experience with them and, like, guys that they, you know, look up to or, you know, um, um, you know, idolized when they were kids and stuff like that. So I'm able to share those stories with them and how much, you know, they weighed and their body fat, their lifestyle and things like that. And they try to emulate that as well. 
Um, and I think what, what really works best is having a player on a team who really follows those kind of regimens. And, and these guys, you know, especially these young guys, they try to follow them and watch them. And I try to connect the two as well. I think, um, I think it, it, you know, you get all those kind of kids that come in like that, but then, you know, you got to hit them early and um, get them on a plan and show them that you care and, and just got to keep reinforcing it. And, I, and I've seen the, the habits change just based on, you know, us being continuously on them. Uh, to make to make sure that they uh, can see the reap the benefits and, um, and, and and you know we try to correlate their performance with that so they could really you know keep doing the right thing. What are some of the the funnier I guess cheats or or vices that some of these guys have? Like does Victor Oladipo is he addicted to like Swedish fish or Snickers or anything like that? Any any good stuff <laughs> that maybe you let you let slide a little bit? Because we all have that one thing that you know we love to sneak in on the side. You know, to be honest with you, I can't think of anything because uh, either they're doing it, they're they're doing it, you know, without me knowing, <laughs> and they're pretty good about it. But I can't think of anything that these guys. I mean, I'm I feel like we have one of the best group of guys that are really, you know, care about taking care of their body. I mean, uh, you know, I'm bringing in cold pressed juices. You know, we have uh, they the guys drink the smoothies. We have a recovery program. The guys are like really following. They're really in tune and trying to take care of their body. But I can't think of anybody <clears throat> now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, these guys have shared with me like in the past mm-hmm. they've done it, like before they met me or in the NBA. But um, n- but not like not as a professional now. I can say they're all pros <laughs> when it comes to that. They're just they're following the the letter of the bill law. They know that that you're the sheriff in town. <laughs> So take me to, so take me to the regular season. What's a, a typical day, a week like? Um, you know, working out with these guys. Because for me, for the average Joe, it's kind of all right. You work Monday to Friday. You go to the gym maybe before work or after work for an hour. Maybe on the weekend if you're not too hungover. Uh, for these guys on a game night, how much are they working out during the day? On off days, what's it like? Give me the typical kind of seven day cycle when you're working with these guys, either individually or as a group. You know, um, today, like, for example, today's actually our first game. So, I'm, you know, the guys, I kind of, like, you know, gave them a little break today because I just really want to focus on the game. And uh, it's a preseason game. And so, um, generally, depending on who's who, so if, if you're not playing, you know, you're going to be spending more time with me. So, usually before um, shoot-around, which is, like, around 10, 11 a.m., uh, we'll, we'll get a lift in and we'll condition. So, that way, when you come back in the evening, when it comes to game time, um, you can focus on, um, you know, getting shots up with the coaches, things of that nature. Also, the reason why I also do it early enough is to give them a, a rest period. So if for some reason they do have to play, even though they were told they weren't playing, if for, you know, things happen in the game, I want them to be fully recovered. It doesn't make sense to, like, position them, you know, full throttle before a game, even though they're not playing. And then for some reason something happens, they have to go in. I want to make sure that, that they're available and ready to go. And that, um, you know, because, you know, when they're out there, all eyes are on them. So I want them, I want them to be able to perform and have no complaints whatsoever. So, um, you know, we have some long days. Some guys come in, they'll eat breakfast around 8.30, 9, treatment, and then they'll come and see me. We'll warm up. We'll do some movement prep. We'll lift. Um, we'll lift depending on what's going on that day. And, and then, um, you know, afterwards we do like a little recovery session, and we have a big break, such as now, and then the guys come back, and then the uh, you know they're kind of focused. It's kind of like a pitcher on game day, you know, he comes and does his thing. But we'll, I did the same thing with these guys. However, um, we ha- we have a pregame um, 
uh, routine. So, like, um, in the court, basically the guys are scheduled to come and meet me. So it's just like about a minute or two. They still do their warm-ups, you know, regularly because that's really specific to their sport. But I really want to get their glutes and hips and whatever it is um, for that person to get it firing, um, get their nervous system firing. So that way, you know, I have I know for myself and I and they know as well that it's you know their core is activated and they can actually you know um, deliver energy through the through the uh, through the core. So and we also know that there are no any energy leaks, so they could be more efficient. And then uh, after the game, basically these guys uh, we go through our recovery protocol. Depending on minutes played, guys are like split up in certain groups, and we recover. And then after that, you know, we get ready for the next battle. Who? Where does the where do the directives come from? Do you have the coaches come to you sometimes and be like, "Hey, uh, this guy needs to work on on his strength, or this guy needs better lateral movement, or this guy needs to work on his vertical a little bit"? Is it the players that come to you and say, "Hey, I feel a little weak here. Or I need a little bit of uh, a little bit of a pump there," or is it you that goes to the coaches and suggests, "Hey, I think this guy could benefit from X, Y, Z"? What's that communication like? Well, you know, coach basically lets me do my thing. So like he he treats me as professional. He he trusts me. So he lets me he lets not just me but the entire staff. You know the athletic trainers. We all talk within with amongst ourselves about you know what's what's uh, what's the best thing for this player. So um, now if there's a problem, you know he'll he'll come to me and say, hey, you know, I think this guy needs to lose weight, lose weight, whatever the case may be. But if I have a plan in place, it's, it's basically all me. So at the beginning of the season, like like I said, we test everybody, and then based off those. Um, off their performance will kind of dictate what we need to work on. Plus the, the guys that are returning from last season also have some expectations in terms of, you know, where they need to be when they come back. So they've been given a plan throughout the season to help, you know, drive for those expectations. And then, um, and, and if they don't make meet them, they, there's a, they, I don't want to say it's a, uh, uh, you know, they're getting disciplined or anything like that, but they have to do either extra conditioning or something extra to help meet those standards. Got to run those suicides then, uh, like back in high school, extra laps. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, we do, we have four by tens, which is um, touches, touching the baseline 10 times. You have to get out under a specified times with rest period in between. And that's, to, you know, get their energy system going. Um, so, um, yeah, so we have a series of tests and everything that are basically designed by me just because, you know, and not just because, just from what I've seen and, and what I've learned throughout the years and what benefits these guys. And also I had to come up with tests that are, that could be uh, conducted anywhere. Uh, as you know, we travel all the time, and if I have to test a guy, I want to be able to test him right there and then without worrying about getting a treadmill and things like that. So, um, yeah, so basically uh, I put the strength and conditioning program together. You know, we have other people put these other programs together as well, and we all coordinate, and then we figure out what's best for the athlete. How do you think the how's the team looking this season? We're going to get to a little bit of a lightning round, a little speed round here. I got some quick hitter questions for you, but you mentioned it's a good <laughs> group of guys. You mentioned that they're uh, they're good about the off court stuff. How do you think they're going to do on the court this year? I mean, you know what? I really think they're going to be great. Uh, I, I, I like I like the group of guys we have. Uh, they seem energetic. They they they're very um, compliant. Um, they, 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 they worked hard this summer and I know they worked hard cause I worked hard in traveling around and making sure that these guys were doing what they were doing. Um, and, and I'm seeing improvements. I'm seeing a lot of improvements strength wise, power wise. So I think, I think we'll be a, a real good team this year. All right. Speed round time. I'm going to run through a couple of quick things here with you before we let you go. 
who uh if you were to go into the gym if a random fan was to go into the gym and see and the whole team was working out who's the who's the most impressive i guess player gym rat wise on the roster right now Tobias Harris yeah why is that he's uh he's i mean they all work out but he is he is all about like you know technology anything fitness wise he does it i mean whether it's yoga hot yoga I mean, he is. I want to say he is a gym rat. Looking, if you look up in it. Yeah, oh, there's a picture of him in the dictionary. I'm telling you, in his gym rat, it's him. Tobias <laughs> is real. He's all about fitness. All right, which looking off your roster, you look around the league, you see all these teams, you know, night in, night out, in person, or you see them on TV and stuff. Who's the one player that you just look at and you're like, man, that is a specimen. Like that's the guy. Um, LeBron James. Yeah, that would have been my. I would assume that's the answer, but I didn't know if you had any different, any different well, perspective mean, from the inside. You know, nah, it's just because, like, I've worked with Dwight Howard and him, and they're about the same size. It's just amazing for me to have somebody who's the same size but is a guard. You know, I mean, like, I mean, you know, he could play, he play four, but he, you know, he, he could dribble. I mean, he's quick with. I mean, it's just he's so big, but he can move like, like Shabazz Napier. I mean, he's like real quick and. I, 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 that's that's the guy that I would say. That's a specimen. How how did Dwight get shoulders like that? Because those things you could eat dinner off them. They're <laughs> like they're insane. What's the secret? What's the trick? You know, to be honest with you, traditional strength training. Uh, I know he's. I know in the off season he had a trainer that he worked with, and he also, you know, of course, he worked with us as well. And um, he's he's just very committed. And I think that that's one thing to tell you that you know consistency is key. I think um, if you're consistent with the workout, you really see the benefits. If you're not consistent with the workout, you won't get anything. Who's the who's your favorite player you've you've worked with? Whether he was just someone that took direction well, showed a lot of improvement. Who's your favorite player that you've trained over the years? Well, my favorite player, Vince Carter. Really, Vince Carter was my yeah. Vince Carter is my favorite player that I've worked with. Uh, we still stay in touch, and um, you know, I you know we text every now and then, and. Um, we play words with friends. <laughs> <laughs> What's but, words but with friends that, with Vince Carter like? Who wins? Uh, well, you know, I want, I've been winning a lot most of the time. So, <laughs> but uh, but it's fun though. You know, we we hit we hit each other back and forth on words with friends, and throughout the season, we I guess we've been doing that for the past two or three years. I only play with so many people, and uh, maybe two two or three, and then that's it. But um, yeah, he's one of them. Um, don't get me wrong, like uh, everyone else is, I've worked with has been great. Vince is just one guy that uh, I've had, a, I guess, the longest relationship with, and, and we connect every now and then. So. And he's, I mean, he's what, 30, 38 now, 36, something like that? I just saw a picture of him the other he, day on Instagram, jumping his vertical leap is still there. Like, he's a, he's a freak. <laughs> yeah, I believe he's 30. I'm not sure how old he is. I know he's up there. But, yeah, he takes. that's one guy who really takes care of his body. I mean, I, I used to go to his house. In the summers when I was at the Magic, you know, I, I mean, previously when I was um, when I was uh, an assistant, we used to go. I used to go to his house. We train. I mean, he was, he was very consistent. I mean, he would text and, "Hey, I'm working on this." But now, of course, you know, he's you know he's with other strength coaches and everything. But I know he's he's following the routine and he has a full fledged weight room. He has everything you could think of in his gym. It's like a little LA fitness. <laughs> Vinsanity Fitness in his basement or something like that. Uh, it sounds yeah, good. You, um, I think you mentioned it earlier. We were talking, but if you hadn't, you you had a little spell with the Knicks. You were up here in New York for a couple seasons. 
What's the mm-hmm. biggest difference? Everyone thinks, you know, the Knicks and a team like the Magic, the markets are different, the press, the covering it is different. What was what's the biggest difference for you working uh for the Magic and working for the Knicks? Well, the Knicks, the fans are different. You know, both 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 um, you know, Orlando and New York, the fans are great, but in like New York it's just like they won't let you know if you're not performing well. <laughs> it's like you know, um, so New York, it was quite interesting to be there. You know, it was an honor to be there at the Garden, the mecca of basketball. And just to, like, you know, every night in it, you know, in and out, basically just uh, night in and night out, you know, guys coming in. And um, if you're not performing well, I mean, these, these fans would let you know. But um, but it's, I think that was the one thing that stood out to me was, was basically the fans. It was It was an awesome experience. Now, you're working under a new coach now this year, Scott Skiles, who – with your military background, a lot of people, you know, kind of refer to him as that type of coach, very, you know, drill-oriented, very regimented. What are your initial thoughts on him heading into this season? I think he's a great coach. I think, um, you know, very structured, um, which, you know, me being from the military, I love that. I think um, the guys are loving it. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a great experience. I think he's, gonna, I think he's a great coach, and I think the, uh, the guys are going to really benefit from his teachings. And my other, the other new guy is, that I've been seeing highlights of is is Hazonia, the rookie, uh, Super Mario. He looks like he's just he's trash talking. He's got the game to back it up. What's uh, he looks like? He's gonna be a lot of fun for us fans to follow. What are your first impressions of of him being added to a pretty young, explosive team? I think he's hungry. I think he's um, he's willing to work. Uh, I like him a lot, and he's um, I think he's he's gonna be great in the weight room. And now a couple of uh, non-NBA questions, just your general tapping into your fitness knowledge in general. What's what's the one thing you see guys, regular Joes, even professional athletes, what's the one thing in the gym guys do that just pisses you off the most? What what really aggravates you when you see it go down? <laughs> oh, when they don't uh, pick up the weights after themselves. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Are they put yeah. them back in the wrong place or they're mismatched? You I put guess. them in the wrong place. I spend most of my time trying to like clean it up. But uh <laughs> That's my biggest pet peeve. Just if you pick it up, you know, go ahead, put it back. And but other than that, I mean, I mean, I don't get like you know crazy frustrated, but uh, you know, you know, it's, it's minor details, and I think they lead to bigger things. I remember, or I, there's a guy at my gym. His only job, I think, all I ever see him do, he works there, is he just picks up weights that people leave, or he puts them back where they belong when they left them in the wrong place. And to me, that's like a workout in itself, just moving all the dumbbells around all day. <laughs> You're going to build some, some functional strength. That's why I got an assistant. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, similar. is a great guy. What's that? I was just saying my assistant's a great guy. He's a great dude. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you, you're the kind of guy I think that would only have good people working for you. Um, what about actual exercises? What's the what's the worst exercise that I'm, that I'm probably doing at the gym? What's the biggest waste of time that you see a lot of people do when they're working out? You know what? I don't think any exercise is, like, bad. I just think if they're done wrong, they're bad. So, like, I think technique is the most important thing. And I think um, people um, tend to, like... Uh, forget about that and just, you know, um, and so they're experiencing all these, you know, dysfunctions and all these types of pains based off not just the exercise, but the technique, you know, it was probably done wrong. So I think, um, you know, before any exercise, make sure that you understand the technique, the, you know, the skill of the exercise, make sure that you're able to do it. And then, you know, then go through the exercise because, you know, once you have the skill down pack 
and then you do the exercise the right way, then you actually uh, reap the benefits from it. Um, I give an example, uh, a Bulgarian split squat where one foot's on the bench, the other one's, you know, of course, on the training surface. And what happens is uh, the athlete or the, you know, the person doing the exercise doesn't have that leg fully ex- fully reached out, but, you know, basically the one that's on the training surface. So the knee is passing their toe. So there, there's more stress on the knee than there is really, you know, trying to maximize the glute and the quad and, and things of that area. So you tend to like, you know, you're just basically causing an injury to happen. So um, I think execution is the biggest key to um, proper exercise technique. Not so much a bad exercise, more of how it's being executed. That's one of the tips I remember because you've put me through a couple of workouts back in back in my day. And I remember your one tip whenever you're doing any kind of squatting or any kind of lunges was always the knee can't go past the toe. And I still I remember yeah. that today and I see people in the gym doing it the wrong way. And it really it holds me back from trying to go over there and tell them like, you know, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Bill, Bill says different. You want to say something? No, I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. Like when I go to the gym, I see it sometimes and I say, hey, do you mind if I... Um, but, uh, sometimes I just, it's hard for me to say anything because some people, you know, they don't like that. Yeah. Well, you're a strength but, um, coach for an NBA team. They should listen to you. Me, they can tell to go, <laughs> you know, to go screw off, but you, they should take uh, your advice. <laughs> well, I hope so. But no, but it's just, uh, but yeah, that's the biggest thing is just, um, uh, doing it the right way. Cause you know, there's, there's a neuro component to it. And when you get to train the neuro component and how to execute it correctly, then you really start seeing the benefits from it. Are there any drills or any exercises that you can still succeed at more than these players, or are they all kind of you know in peak physical condition that that you're just an instructor and they can still uh, take you out on anything? Well, they have long legs, so the conditioning part is hard. It always makes me work harder. Don't don't get me wrong; I can hang in with them, but they'll beat me in the long run. But like, <laughs> um, I guess the bench. You know, I'm a big bench guy, so. Uh, they can't beat me on that one. <laughs> That's always the trump card. All right, then last one, Bill. What's um? I mean, there's always new fitness trends, exercise trends. Uh, kettlebells were super hot for a while. Then it was you know high intensity intervals. Then it was just traditional powerlifting had a big comeback. What's the what's the mm-hmm. new big thing that that you're learning that you're implementing with your your guys, your players that we should as normal people as civilians uh, take into account this this season when we put our, our workouts together. You know, you know, the biggest thing is recovery. That's the biggest thing because it's like uh, regardless of what the exercise is, you know, the kettlebell, like CrossFit, I think everybody tends to forget about recovery. And, and it's so funny is that, like, I was in L.A. I went to some several boxing gyms. And actually one of the boxing gyms is implementing a recovery program. So now when they take their clients through their circuit, they're going to have a recovery component. So that way, you know, you know, to minimize any kind of injuries. And I, I look at it more as a retention program because, you know, how do you keep your clients? And I think that everybody tends not to recover. And I used to be, you know, I used to fall prey to that. I used to go to the YMCA or whatever gym, work out, and then I just walk out. And then I'm like, well, why is my shoulder bothering me? But, you know, in reality, I should have been, you know, trigger pointing my, my, uh, my triceps and trigger pointing my pec minor and, you know, cooling my body down and things of that nature. I think if, you know, if, if, if people just start, you know, doing some recovery, foam rolling, because if you go to these gyms now, they have these stations where there's a foam rolling stuff involved because these personal trainers do know that it's important. So they, you know, they try to create these stations for, for their participants at the, uh, at the gym. I think the people just need to take more advantage of that and really focus on 
days off. Um, not so much a day off, but more like a moderate session, a hard session, and things like that. It can't be hard every day. You can't do CrossFit every day. So I think, you know, once people start thinking in, in those terms and, and, and really figuring out what's best for their body, I think you can avoid a lot of chronic injuries. All right, that is the word coming from the head strength and conditioning coach from the NBA's Orlando Magic, so you better take that as gospel. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Best of luck Not this season in the preseason. Anything you want to anything you want to plug or promote, any websites, any programs you guys got going on for people to check out? Well, you know, if you don't mind, I just basically we, we have a, uh, a conference coming up, the NBA Strength Coach Association. It's going to be during the Combine. And that's on uh, the combines to be May 11th through the 15th. And right now we're scheduling our conference to be on 13th and 14th. We're going to have some guest speakers from um, the NBA, I mean Gatorade and the NBA strength coaches, as well as um, the NSCA, which is the National Strength Conditioning Association. Whatever anybody's interested, could go to our website www.vmbsca.com and they could get more information on that. But other than that, I just want people to stay strong and um, think healthy and do the right thing. All right, man. I'm actually going to the gym right now as soon as we're done with this call. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the advice, and I'm pulling for you guys this season, except when you play the Knicks. But otherwise, I'm on Team Magic uh, this year. So, so best of luck to all you guys. Hey, thank you very much. All right. And for you folks, make sure to check out MikeJanella.com to find out info on our intro and out music. Also, make sure to visit me on Twitter, at MikeJanella, and also uh, at MikeJanella.com. You can check out all the past episodes from the show. We'll be back next time. Thank you again to Bill. Good luck, Magic. Thanks to you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.